And now some more highlights from the Keep On Moving podcast in association with Fruhoff Trailer, dedicated to delivering innovation for the road transport industry. This time round, it's our old mate Mike Williams out of Aussie. And Mike's starting with a Kiwi joke. Me best Kiwi imagine. How do you know <laughs> you're sharing a house or a flat with a Kiwi? How? Love buys in your lamb roast, mate. <laughs> 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 I got another oh, one. Oh, that's awesome! I love that. Go, yeah, got another one. Who invented bel- <laughs> Who invented Velcro gumboots? <laughs> oh, gonna... that's gold. That's but, uh, awesome. but I'll tell you what, I do love. I do love New Zealand, and I'll tell you what I love about New Zealand. Fred Dag, mate. Yep. If it weren't for your gumboots, where would you be? That's exactly right. Hey, listening to uh, last night's uh, uh, podcast and uh, really interesting interview with uh, Pete Cowan from The Rail. I thought that was really cool. Uh, Queensland Rail have have, uh, come on board and they've sponsored a a bit of a safety program on the podcast, uh, level crossings and things like that. And Pete was first up. We're going to be doing a few more interviews with engineers talking about rail bridge strikes and all that sort of stuff as well. So... Had a bit of a laugh. He doesn't have a Casey Jones hat. That disappointed me, so I had to send him yeah. one of our podcast hats. So. Yeah, and it's interesting because you wouldn't – well, I think they probably do. Like, you wouldn't – if you were going to row across the harbour, you wouldn't row across in front of the Merce container ship. But people don't no. seem to have the same sort of caution when it's like a train. No. Yeah. Never ceases to amaze me, mate. If you've just got to have a bit, bit of a bit of a Google uh, or use your favourite search engine, you know. Yeah. And uh, I saw one the other day where a car – it actually stopped behind the boom gate, decided we weren't waiting anymore, drove around the boom gate, and then got cleaned up by the train. Yeah. I mean, just, just stupidity. And, of course, then you back it down a size to us on the road and trucks and B-trains and trailers and semis and God knows what, and people have yeah. even less concern about pulling out in front of it. But even if you're in a Toyota Corolla and 50 max, 50 tonne, 60 tonne, 70 tonne, Australia, 150 tonne clobbers, the Corolla's yeah. not going to come off that well. Yeah, well, they don't understand. I mean, I've, I've, I've actually lost a Commodore wagon out of the bonnet of a 909. Yeah. You, know, you can't see them from the driver's seat. You guys are underwater. You've got all our water for a change. That's right, yeah. We've got a bit going on up there. The uh, the uh, highway north from a place called Tinton Bar up towards uh, through through the uh, the northern rivers there, that's all uh, all close. So that's the main highway. If you want to get from Sydney to Brisbane now, you've got to sort of go further west up the old New England or even further west again to the Newell Highway to try and get across. But then you've got all the other little areas on the towns that those roads that have got their own particular issues. Yeah, and it, last month when I was talking to you, it was the Stewart Highway that was flooded out and blocked and buggered just above the gutter yeah. somewhere. That's right, and they're still repairing the railway line. Yeah. So, you know... So- the, cha- the, 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 the channel country must be flowing like a big river. Well, I haven't seen any aerials of it, but I'll tell you what, I, I wouldn't be surprised. We've got this thing over here, a bit of a project to uh, to send the bloody water down from far north Queensland down down through the western country in New South Wales, and uh, it's sort of getting a little bit of traction. It wasn't that long ago, mate, two years ago, uh, we were having a drought here in Australia. And uh, I organised a water run to take like hundreds of thousands of litres of water out to a country town with no water. <laughs> and yeah. now they're walking around their gumboots. You know? Yeah, I was just gonna, just going to say they're looking at the, trying to get a snorkel on special. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Some fins yeah. and some floaties, mate. Hey, we had a couple of questions over the month coming in uh, from people when I said um, if you got a question for Mike and. The driving hours, a couple of guys wanted to know how the driving hours work over there in Australia, and I would imagine that'll take about six hours to explain. I was going to say, how long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. 
we look. There's there's probably there's there's several systems of the way things work out here in uh, in Australia. We've got the heavy vehicle national law, which is sort of enforced by the national national heavy vehicle regulator and the police on the eastern states. In Western Australia, we have a different setup where the police aren't involved in enforcing the heavy vehicle national law, and that's certainly not the case in the Northern Territory anyway. Did an episode of the podcast with Elise. Uh, with Louise Bellato. She yes. is the Executive Officer of the Northern Territory Road Transport Association. She has been since 2009. And her credentials in transport are pretty good. Her old man, Dino, actually, actually has a rest area named after him up there. And really, what a fantastic lady. Yeah, I was just going to say, if, if someone called Bellato in the Northern Territory stands up and wants to talk about trucking stuff, you better listen. They were part of, or she was part of the, uh, the initial consultation process on the HVNL and uh, the Northern Territory and Western Australia chose to opt out and they went on a more uh, occupational health and safety bent and the eastern states adopted uh, HVNL. We've got the situation here where you can really get bitten pretty hard by the law here in Australia. We had a 65-year-old guy fined um, in the Holbrook local court, $37,700 worth of fines uh, for 32 offences relating to the logbook. Jeez. That story's printed in uh, in our in our national Big Rigs newspaper. That's the one I write for. Okay, yep. I'll just get a plug in for Big Rigs while I'm at yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. It's just quite amazing that you can get that level of fine. So, to answer your question, there are a standard book which has got twelve hours, and you can do your twelve hours. You have to have a break after five, and you know there are stipulated break time, but twelve hours in a twenty-four hour period is the maximum. There is. Uh, uh, what they call a basic fatigue management module that allows you to do 14 hours in a 24-hour maximum. You have to have a seven-hour minimum rest break with both of those options, 17 hours in the day to do your 14 hours work. Right. So if you if you push the start button, you've got then 17 hours to do your 14 hours work with three hours worth of breaks throughout that period. But it's very complicated. It's way too complicated to talk about here. You really do need to sort of have a bit of a look. And it's all there on the NHVR website for people that are really interested. But where, where you fall foul of this sort of thing is that we have uh, some, we have had some issues with counting rules. So you go to different states and they count the, rule, they count the hours in a different way from different places. Yeah, right. And, yeah. You know, you've got to have your breaks right going forwards and backwards and... Although that's changed a lot these days. They go to your last major break, then they count forward from there usually. That's the way they approach it. But a 15-minute break can get you a you know, 600-odd-dollar fine. So, you know, if you, if you make a mistake, it's not that hard to rack them up, as old mate in uh, Holbrook proved just the other day, 65 years old. I fail to understand what possible good a fine of that magnitude does. But one of his offences was he failed to write his odometer down in the logbook. So when you fill out a, you guys run a logbook in New Zealand. In New Zealand? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes. So you've got all your, you've got all your information with your driver, your driver's license number, the point you started from, the point you started work. Yeah, you have to write your odometer down as well. Yep. And so he didn't write his odometer in on one on one entry. So that means to me, he's got odometers down in other entries. <laughs> yeah, I do the maths. <laughs> do the maths. You know, but he, he didn't write his odometer down in one entry. Yeah, that was one. That was one fine. And, you know, if you average out the fines, that's costing a thousand bucks and not write his odometer down. I just fail to understand at what point this makes any sense. 
any any other occupation, if you make that level of administrative error, yeah. everyone makes, including a, including yeah. the vehicle safety officers. That oh, you, know, you can't yeah. say that. Yep. You can't Mate, say that. I bet I bet they've used twink in their life, <laughs> and yet it doesn't cost them a hundred bucks. Their, yeah, their, well, their, their admin guy doesn't come in and say, "Hey, that reports you've got the wrong signature on the report." That's hundred bucks. All I can say to you is this. <laughs> Yeah. If if they make a mistake on the ticket when they write it, yeah. they withdraw the ticket and then reissue it with the correct information on it. Our logbook rules are really are really fantastic. I think the rest of the world should follow us because it's simple here. The government tells you when you will be tired, yes, and, and yeah. when you won't. So you'll be tired between these hours and these hours. Yeah, but between yeah. these hours and these hours, you'll be incredibly awake, alert, and able to do anything. Well, we have that. We've had that whole situation here. That's exactly how it works here. Now, I have had a lot of conversations with uh, a bloke named Adam Gibson. He's a risk assessment engineer. And we've talked about all sorts of things. And uh, the fact that our prescriptive logbook system is not a thing of beauty. Yeah. We're three kings of Orient. It's not a thing of beauty. <laughs> yeah. Certainly not worth worshipping. And unfortunately, the HVNL is a flawed law set. And we've tried to get it reviewed. Uh, we've had the National Transport Commission reviewing the. They've had it just had a crack at reviewing the uh, the uh, logbook laws, and we've discovered that they really still don't know what they're talking about, and they don't want to talk to anyone that knows what they're talking about. We've had Ross Isles on the show, who's a, who's a, um, a professor at Monash University, who's done a lot of work on mental health, and you know you've only got to look at the Quinlan report, which goes back a, a, a couple of years now, uh, decades actually. <laughs> and the submissions that he made to uh, our Senator Glenn Stills' inquiry just to see how flawed the system is. It really does need a root and branch overhaul. Yep, to absolutely. Yep, yep, likewise here. And, and it's the same with moving to, like, you know, you're talking to moving to electronic logbooks and that. Before they worry mm. about that, they've actually got to get the fundamentals of the law sorted yeah. first, you know? Well, I, I, I'm, a bit of a, I'm a bit of a supporter of the electronic logbook. Yep, same. Agreed. And the, and the reason why I'm a supporter of it is it would have saved this 65-year-old bloke a $37,700 fine yep. because at least your electronic logbook keeps track of yep. the system as it stands. <clears throat> yep. um, I don't understand why he handed the logbook over. I mean, yep. at 65, you would think you'd have the common sense to say, oh, mate, sorry, left it at home. I yep. mean, why would you? I just don't understand. You've got to pay, pay for the logbook and then they use the logbook to provide the information You've actually put yourself in. You might yep. as well just go and confess. You might as yep. well just yep. go down on your knees and beg for mercy. Yeah. Yep. Don't, don't keep me going, mate. I'll go all day on this. Yeah, and hey, look, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm 100% with you on I'm actually a I'm actually pro electronic logbooks for a number mm. of reasons, not the mm. least of which they will do they will they can only help freight rates. Well, there's um, that too. It's I mean, a, but um but if we go through the whole process of bringing them in and making them mandatory and mm. then revamp the whole underlying process and system that actually drives them, we're going to have mm. to go through it all again twice. That's right. Yeah. So why not do yeah. it all at the same time? You know, figure out what, you know, figure out some way to recognise, you know, when you're tired and need a break, but then can wake up and keep working for another so many hours as long as you have a longer break at the end of that and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. Well, I've often thought that the, you know, the, the whole keep it simple, stupid mantra is not a bad way to go. Um, and well, uh, that's unfortunately something they don't do. 
Well, I always remember when I was uh, working at a transport company and I had a boss and we used to get all carried away with how fancy and, and how fancy and we could make carting one thing from, from A to B for Fred. You know, like we could just think how much stuff we can. And, and, and he always used to stop the meetings and say, okay, hang on, stop. Everybody stop. And we'd sit and he'd go, this is what we do. We pick up something from Bob, Bob and we take it to Bill and one of them pays. That's right. right. And it's the same with the logbooks. The sun comes up and 24 hours later, it'll come up again. Yeah. That's, that's where it starts. That's right. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I really enjoy having you. I think it's going to be great as it progresses. No worries, mate. You take care. Okay. Have a Thank good you. one. Safe trip up to Brisbane and the flood. Take your snorkels and, and your floaties, mate. Take the floaties. <laughs> oh, we'll take the floaties. Good on right, you. See, See ya. See ya. That's Mike Williams, our Aussie correspondent on the Keep On Moving podcast, episode seven. Keep listening for more highlights from our Keep On Moving podcast. And we're doing them in association with Fruhoff Trailer, dedicated to delivering innovation for the road transport industry. 